0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Dude, I'm excited. It's so good to have you back. It's good
1: to be back. It's it's kind of weird. I'm just going to say this up front. Today was the first day of school for me, mm-hmm. and all my teacher friends are going to nod. Terrible nod. There's no tired, like, first day of school tired. Mm -hmm. it just is a different thing (laughs) so just just gonna say it up front now power through (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. you know and there seems to be a collection of podcasters slash teachers as well so i feel like uh, among friends we know among podcasters listening it's just like yep they understand well because i mean i was talking to you before we recorded and you know, I was speaking with my sister and I I she's a teacher and I was picking up very sentiment vibes. So, my heart goes out to all the teachers, that, you know, starting for the first time of the year around this time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah, it you know, it, it's good to have you back. I, I, again, I was talking to my mom about this as well where I still don't know what you thought about the first episode and this episode. So, I'm like doubly excited to see what you think. I feel like I'm getting a double dose of Jute thoughts this week.
1: Nice, nice. You know what? I I really enjoyed the episode. Uh,
2: you yeah. know.
1: I I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Well, let me let me do the one drawback. Okay. I am not a fan of the animation style. Really. Um. And I and I think that that's honestly a me thing and just. Mm-hmm. I just maybe a curmudgeon or something. I don't know. Typically animation wise, I I still just love just the regular two D cartoon look.
0: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Or if it's gonna be a three D, I like what they do with Clone Wars and that style of three D animation. Mm-hmm. And and for some reason, sometimes animation styles can just become distracting for me, and mm-hmm. so I'm not a big fan of this animation style, to be honest. But I I fully admit and realize that that's like a personal preference
0: on my end. Mm-hmm. It 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 is a personal preference, but I do want to state I don't think you're alone. I I've definitely uh-huh. heard some pushback on the animation style, so yeah, it, it seems to be polarizing at best.
1: Yeah, so so in in that, but otherwise, like I love the concept of the idea. That, okay, here's the one choice and the slight difference that are or this, or, or I don't want to say slight, but the, the choice that was made that, that then set off into another direction. And I, and, and, and where that goes, I think you talked about it. I believe friend Daniel and Leach talked about it, which y'all did such a great job on that episode, by the way, it was right? such a great episode. Uh, it was so much fun to listen to cause Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't even sit in on that recording. So like getting to listen to it for the first time was, was really awesome.
0: I don't think this made the, the cut, but I told them immediately from when they were done, like every time that we've had a guest on one of the sentiments is like, I'm so used to listening to y'all and speaking at my speakers, but realizing I can actually speak to you this time. I finally felt that sitting here silently <laughs> listening to them because I wanted to be like, Oh no, wait. Oh yeah. They can't hear me. <laughs> so it was such a surreal feeling to be on this side of that recording.
1: That's so funny. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a wonderful yeah. episode. Nick Sandy did great on the Dude. last minute call in. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. And so again, th- cause I didn't get this happened all post recording. Nick Sandy is a genius I I feel bad because I'm definitely realizing I'm that friend now With like less than 24 hours to go I was like hey Nick I got an idea Do you think you can do this? (laughs) Didn't hesitate one bit He was like yeah dude sure hold on And he said let me tinker And then like I did that recording thing And I sent it to him He's like dude this is perfect I'm going to write to this And he had it up And like I say less than 24 hours It was less than 12 hours That he had it ready to go That is amazing That is amazing Nick Sandy, Andy. you should definitely be following him.
1: Yes, follow him, podcast audio needs, look him up. Uh, <laughs> just say it. It's, it's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, but y'all said in that episode, like Steve was still Steve,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like they didn't fundamentally change who they were. It was just a choice that put them in a different direction, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so in, in that sense, it was, it was fun. I really, really enjoyed the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Bradley Whitford, you know, he, I don't think he was in, he was the jerk officer. Mm-hmm. He was, I believe in the agent Carter one shot.
0: He was, um, but, but
1: yeah, he wasn't in the movie.
0: Yeah. And that was, uh, that was thanks to, um, Jimmy who reached out to us on discord who mentioned that as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah. was, he was definitely the one shot.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so I, I did. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I think my favorite moment was the one with the sword. Yeah. Just because I had that, that, that image of like Excalibur and sword in the stone and only the chosen can, can pull it out of the, of the stone and she pulls it out of the wall. And that was kind of like her anointing moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that was just fantastic.
0: I like that. I, di- I didn't think of that at all. And that's such a wonderful read to pick up on. So that's cool. And I'll say this, like <laughs> I've wanted a shield for so long. Because <laughs> of that episode, I want a sword and shield now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You have to hit up a renaissance fair. You can find yourself you can find yourself a sword. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Fingers crossed, maybe one day. Well, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I've I've been eagerly awaiting to hear your thoughts. Yes. Of course, if you downloaded this episode, uh, you know that we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 2 of What If, which is entitled, What If T'Challa Became a Star-Lord? So, uh, the way this is going to work is we're going to be talking about some pre-spoiler thoughts, and then we'll jump into the spoiler zone where it'll be fair game. So, before we get there, Jude, do you have any pre-spoiler thoughts about this second episode?
1: Hmm. I... You know what? From the one trailer that I watched... Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that like, in, in I don't know, episode one wasn't much different. Like there wasn't a lot of surprises
2: mm-hmm.
1: necessarily. And so it, it, I, in a way it was kind of ex- almost exactly what I expected after seeing, I mean, we knew T'Challa was going to be Star-Lord from the trailer, mm-hmm. like the initial trailer. So in, in that way, you know, my, my initial thought was watching, it was like, oh, okay. Like, this is exactly what. What they said it was going to be, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it very much the other thing I kept thinking watching the other one, but, but in this one as well, they're very much cartoons yeah. and I can feel that in, in, and not just because of the length and because it's animated, but the, even the writing style, you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned some, some in, in the, in your solo pod about Bucky one-liners, not quite landing for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I don't disagree necessarily on that, but also it was very cartoonish. Yeah. Like like the one-liners and the type of dialogue that they
0: use. Like it, it is very much a cartoon. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a great way to put it because I, my nephew, there's a new, (laughs) there's a new Spider-Man show on Disney Channel Junior that my nephew is into. And I think it's called Spidey and Friends. And I just remember I was watching it with him and there was a scene where Peter Parker shows up, Miles Morales and, and Spider-Gwen are all on screen. Mm-hmm. And like Peter Parker's like, I'll use my webs to swing in. And then Miles was like, I'll use my electricity to shock him. And then Spider-Gwen was like, I'll use my gliding or something. And <laughs> the reason I'm bringing that up is because I think that like it just clicked for me when you said like oh this is a cartoon that feeling of the way that lines are read and i feel like you have one tier where it's that disney channel jr then you have this next tier with like bucky's lines and then like then you have mcu live action and so that just clicked for me i think yeah
1: yeah yeah because that i mean that's exactly to me what it feels like it's Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know and and i i think that's a good thing so Mm
0: -hmm. oh yeah 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 Hopefully that doesn't come across as pejorative towards the show. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, uh, I think going into this series, uh, because critics got the first three episodes of this series. So a lot of the early social media buzz was talking about how the first episode was solid and the show got progressively better as it went on. Man, Mm -hmm. I did not expect that level of jump from episode one to two. Like, I I liked episode one well enough, but I I stated last week some of my problems with the pacing and just some things feeling way too expedited. For me, I I think this episode felt like it was willing to break away from the familiarity, and in doing so, it was having fun with that what-if premise so much more with a much more improved tempo. And I really hope that this is the start of a trend. Mm -hmm. Because this one, it, it just... I remember just feeling like anything was possible because it, it's funny. You talked about feeling like, oh, this is what I expected from the trailers. This one, I much more for me was like, I don't know what to expect. And I'm really, really happy about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like I expected to see Star-Lord, right? Right. The, the, the T'Challa Star-Lord. And yeah, I I don't know. Well, we're still in pre-spoiler thoughts. So I'm having a hard time yeah. putting my, my my thoughts into words. Mhm. So, I'm going to I'm going to pause right there for a second and then and save it for after the the spoiler.
0: Okay. Well, I got one more pre-spoiler thought and then we can jump into the spoiler zone. So, all right. uh the last point I wanted to make is that knowing that this what if is one of Chadwick Boseman's last performances mm-hmm. really makes this episode all that much more bittersweet because yeah. it is the perfect embodiment of both the character and the actor and I'm very thankful that we were able to get this. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. It, it was it tough. Was, <laughs> it, it was. It was good to, well, and I, I'll be honest, I mentioned this. Uh, there was parts of me that didn't quite recognize the voice, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, he was playing a different character, so it, it was going to be different. Right. Um. And, and I think it, I think I caught it more the second time than I did the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Yeah, I think you're right that there's definitely more to discuss over in the spoiler zone. But before we do, if you are enjoying this episode, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram with at MCU need to know. Uh, We'd love to hear what you think about this episode as well. And you can definitely find us there. Like we said, we're going to go ahead and jump into the spoiler zone. So you're going to hear an audio cue. And on the other side, it will be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU up until this episode. So we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. The way that we have decided we're going to take on these What If episodes is to really take time to examine the choice. The difference that altered the universe. So for this episode with T'Challa, it was Yondu deciding to send his henchmen to apprehend the target rather than going himself. And because of that, they ended up picking up a young T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. So... Is there anything you'd like to zone in on with this choice, dude?
1: Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I was a little disappointed in that choice. <laughs> yeah? Well, okay. Because, and in, in here's where, and I'm wrestling with, was that expectations and it just wasn't fulfilled. I just liked so much in the first episode of, of mm-hmm. we're following along Captain America First Avenger and there's something different that's mm-hmm. made in that choice. And the choice here of Yondu getting someone else to pick them up—that mm-hmm. that just wasn't very satisfying to me on the choice, because mm-hmm. it it wasn't well, like oh here's this small change that sends the course of action in a different direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, at least I didn't. At least I didn't feel that way. Uh, so I was a little disappointed in that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like I, you know, it it makes sense, right? That like. That's, they pick up a different person. I don't want to say the wrong person because it's a choice, right? They pick up a different person. Right. Uh, and and so like that, it was, it made sense and it was fine. And, you know, but it, it I, I was kind of hoping for that similar format of like, oh, what is it that I'm watching a regular movie, the, the regular movie. And mm-hmm. then there was an active decision that we see made differently. And I, and mm-hmm. I don't think we got to see that. Right.
0: Yeah. And and I'm kind of there with you, because in my notes, I put the I don't think the choice mattered as much as it did with Captain Carter's Mm -hmm. because Captain Carter's was the literal empowerment of women being in the room and how much that diversity is important. Mm -hmm. But in this episode, I think the episode is more exploring the question that that watcher states about you know, is your destiny determined by your nature or the nature of your world? And so it just, it didn't feel like the, is haphazard a good way to put it? Like the haphazard nature of the differences was as thematically dependent on the first episode. But I do like that in either universe, we know that T'Challa goes about trying to spread peace Mm -hmm. as much as he can. So I don't think it needed to rely on, on the choice as much as that first episode because it wasn't as dependent, if that no, makes no, sense. No, no,
1: that makes sense. Like, like I get it. And that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it, it was just, it was, again, very, where the first episode felt like we're going to put you in the first movie and show a difference of in this detour, right? Mm-hmm. This one was, felt more cartoon and it was like, Oh, we got somebody else to do it, and they're not that bright, and they're going to justify it <laughs> by, well, there was some reading, so it had to be something, and mm-hmm. it, you you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and so in in that way, that's where I was just like, oh, I wish I wish it would have been, like maybe the choice was T'Challa, not not T'Challa, T'Chaka didn't keep him in a bubble, right. And so, mm-hmm. like they were out exploring the world because that's what T'Challa wanted to do,
0: and he mm-hmm. was taken.
1: You know, right. re- like like Wakanda from the beginning was already t- T'Chaka mm-hmm. making a choice to not keep Wakanda in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Is is what brought T'Challa out? It, you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's a that's an active difference choice from that character rather than. T'Challa being a kid and just kind of wandering past the zone.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and I get it the wrong, you know, sometimes you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, but so, yeah, I, I mean, it didn't take away from the episode. I enjoyed watching the episode. It was just it, the, the choice yeah. just wasn't something that I was, it was kind of I was just overwhelmed by.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do want to say this. It only took two episodes in the season, but I do have some grains of sand work. Here. <laughs> okay, and so okay. if you indulge me a Absolutely. little bit, I'd like to explore. I'd like to explore it a little bit. So, I really think that this episode gave us our first peek as the Watcher being more than just a narrator. And so, the, the my line of reasoning is that we opened up with him this episode, saying that what we see is endless light, but to him, he sees vast worlds. Mm -hmm. And so there's moments where he continuously keeps educating us by saying stuff like that, uh, saying he won't interfere or saying that our destinies are like purely an equation. But I think we can read like a genuine curiosity from him in the ordinary lives of the multiverse, which is why he may have been focused on T'Challa in this instance. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that I started to pick that up is... We have that moment later on, and I'm skipping ahead, but we have that moment where T'Chaka or, excuse me, T'Challa finds the beacon that T'Chaka put out saying that we will search every light in this plane or the next. And I don't think that's a coincidence just because the verbiage feels very similar. Right. And I think that demonstrates that that family love is a counterbalance to the rigidness of the Watcher's understanding of the multiverse. And so I feel like we can start to see like a peak of curiosity from the Watcher. At least that's what I was reading from all his continued presence in this episode.
1: Yeah, Watcher was far more involved. Yeah. And use that term loosely, but he's far more
0: involved in this episode than the first
1: one. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think you're onto something.
0: Yeah, we got glimpses of him. It's, it's a peak behind a facade.
1: Yeah. Do we see Jeffrey Wright, live action Watcher? I think so. At some point?
0: I think so. Hmm. What about you?
1: I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I think that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Jeffrey Wright is phenomenal. I first was aware of him in Boardwalk Empire and then saw him, him saw him in uh, Westwood, mm-hmm. and he's just a very great yeah. actor. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Well, unless there's any more in this choice, uh, I think we can move on to the next most important topic. Yeah. Chalo the Explorer Which... and his map you know i i didn't realize how much that sounded like dora the explorer until you just said it out loud because i've only written these and then you just t'challa the explorer in his map like oh man that's fantastic well as the most important topic states this is going to be our section to really hone in on the character of t'challa as star lord so starting with me this time, I got to say, I absolutely love the shift in confidence from Peter to Mm T'Challa. With Peter Quill, it felt like there was always this air of like putting on a front. But when you flip them, T'Challa lives up to that Star-Lord name so much more. And it was a fun twist on the character. Yes. And I, I, I think the episode does very great work having Korath be like almost fanboying in front of T'Challa, because I think that helps set the tone mm-hmm. for our expectations as we learn more about T'Challa's exploits. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, talking about the different shift in the movie, right? From the, from the movie. Mm-hmm. So clearly it's T'Challa instead of Peter Quill, but that great moment from Gardens of the Galaxy where he's like, who? You know? And, and, <laughs> but here he's like, knows who he is, and it's just in this reverence for him is so fantastic. Uh, That, like, Mm -hmm. that was a really good shift.
0: Yeah. It's very, it's, again, one of our favorite words whenever we're reviewing stuff, it's very economical to convey those ideas with very minimal Mm -hmm. dialogue.
1: Okay, so, so there's, they're, they're able to be economical with minimal dialogue there, because we've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, and Mm -hmm. we know that line that's coming, and they're able to play a, you know, mess with their expectations. Right. Right. And it's kind of the same thing, like we know what's coming in Captain America versus Avenger, and they play with our expectations in a different choice. hmm That's where I that's where I think maybe to put it better words on my, my issue with the choice, is it wasn't something that we can see coming and then oh, something mm-hmm. slightly different happened. And yeah. and that's and that's where it was just like, oh. You, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. and I felt like they're clever enough to have done it better.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if I stated this words precisely in my last episode, but that was the general feeling that I had of the episode not really exploring its premise. I feel what I'm hearing from you is that they have that opportunity to play with their expectation with the choice. And it was a missed opportunity. So it's sort of that same feeling of, you know, you have this premise and you don't, you're not fully embracing it Mm -hmm. just yet. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. But
1: there's eight episodes, and these could be very much, mm-hmm. you know, set up. Yeah. For whatever else is to come.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, and while we're here, still in this section talking about the flip, I do enjoy the humility from T'Challa in this part too, mm-hmm. because you know Korath starts fanboying very early on. And Charles is like, oh, I'm, I am but a humble scavenger or whatever. Like he immediately tries to defuse it. And then he's like, but you may know me by this name. And he says it. And it's just, it's such a funny flip for when Peter Quill tried to use that and it just and it didn't, didn't quite yeah. land the same. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know? Oh, well, poor, I- poor Peter Quill. I just got to say that before, <laughs> before we go too far. <laughs> hey,
1: you know what? Sometimes you're in the mm-hmm. right place at the right time. And sometimes you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, and mm-hmm. and then we get Guardians of the Galaxy, or we get What If. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It makes it makes Rhodey's moment in Endgame with so he's an idiot that, that much, much more clear yeah. to <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> okay, did you see MCU Rewinds tweet? Yeah,
0: I saw y'all's interaction. Yes. Yeah,
1: like because that change in confidence, right, with T'Challa that that you were just talking about, mm-hmm. it is interesting. And, and just for everybody listening, the MCU Rewind tweeted like is this what if a best case scenario for the MCU in the movies was like a worst case scenario for the MCU? And is like, this is what we're, we're seeing play out. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like that. I, I kind of hope just that that's what's going
0: on. Yeah. Y'all don't understand. The sacred timeline was great for Kang. Not everybody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, man, that's fantastic. Yeah, I I saw y'all's interaction on Twitter, and I got a big chuckle (laughs) out of that. Given everything I've read others speak about Chadwick Boseman and and everything I've seen in the betrayal of his various characters, it's so fitting that T'Challa became such a positive force for peace. Mm -hmm. There was was a line in particular that stuck out to me when he was speaking to Yondu where he says, you know as well as I, no treasure is as worth it as the good that can be done with it. And I just think that's such a beautiful line to be coming from Mm T'Challa.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting. Like the earthly mythos they bring with them was the whole steal from the rich, give to the poor Robin Hood.
0: Yeah. Robin Leach. Yeah, Robin
1: Leach. But Peter Quill, poor Peter Quill, <laughs> Johnny Karate, poor Peter Quill. <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe, maybe the right the creatives of what if are just holding against Peter Quill for banging Thanos's head and snapping him out of it. In and that, that has to be it. Has to be this is your punishment. <laughs> um, yeah. But like his is
1: is is the pop culture stuff. Uh, but in particular, it keeps coming up as like Footloose. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just such a such a great uh, contrast there. And even like the the Infinity Stone shows up you know, or the, the power stone yeah. and, and his, his thought is use is to like go jumpstart a dying star. So, you mm-hmm. know, so this planet can be saved. It's just
0: mm-hmm.
1: where, you know, Quill is completely all about the money.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, another one of those small moments, like I think this episode is comprised of a lot of small acts of good that T'Challa has done. That just has, continuous reverberations throughout the universe. There was a moment later on where T'Challa interacts with Drax and he's like, Hey, let's take a picture for my wife and kid. And it's just in that moment where you learn that through his exploits, this universe had, this universe is now a, a peaceful one for Drax because of the effect that T'Challa mm-hmm. had on it, which is another one of those, those like sappy moments that got yeah. me tearing up. A well, bit. And
1: we know in this universe, the blip doesn't happen. Or well, mm-hmm. Tap the brakes. The blip doesn't okay. happen by Thanos.
0: Do you think it still happens at all?
1: I don't know. I, I think it's. I don't think yeah. it's out of the realm of possibility because we saw mm-hmm. Nebula well, and not this, Gamora. I,
0: true, and I'll say this: I had this saved for stray thoughts, but I'll bring it up here. It is interesting. Never mind, you just answered the question for me. I was about to say it is interesting why the power stone is still being hunted, but you're right, it was to save the dying star. <laughs> yeah. So never mind. But uh yeah. It, I wonder if it does happen at some point.
1: You know. Uh, and we've seen two infinity stones.
0: Yeah, that's right. Space stone and power mm-hmm. stone.
1: Although, hold on. Yeah, I'm gonna save this for straight thought. I, well, it's kind of out of place because it's, it's it's the first one. Like Captain Carter time traveled going through the space zone. Mm-hmm. It's the space zone. I thought it was just like a, you travel far distances in space.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So how did it see? This is why, okay. I, this is why I missed you because that was completely lost on me. As I was listening to like so many other podcasts, like they brought that up. It's like, Oh yeah, this is a good point. I just took it at face value. Like, okay, she's in the, yeah. Now. Like,
1: <laughs> like, did you jump reality? Like, it, again, it it didn't take it out. It's, again, for me, I'm like, and people who listen know, I'm I'm not getting bogged down to the mechanics in this time. Like, it's a cartoon. I took it as face value. Like, I, that didn't mm-hmm. even pop into my head until, God, I think Friday, Saturday after mm-hmm. the episode. Like, like it didn't even register because I was into watching it. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it, it is interesting. But and 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 it just makes me wonder. As we say that, like, are, did they change in these what ifs? Are they changing the power set of these infinity
0: stones? That would be really interesting if that ends up being you know, the case. Because,
1: because you see that and while they have, what we're used to is being that power stone in the orb. They never really opened the orb and what ended up being more valuable was that Genesis plant. You know, and mm-hmm. that ended up being more valuable. But, so I, it just it doesn't make me wonder in these in these what if worlds if these power stones or these um, infinity zones aren't as powerful as they were in the the main NCU timeline.
0: Yeah, as as far I mean, do we know of anyone who tried to acquire the stones quite like Thanos did? I mean, maybe it's just not not a. I don't want to say a possibility, just it's not on the mind of anybody. Right. And there are much more important pieces of power that people are right. researching. It's fun to speculate. Well, unless we got any more, I think this is a pretty good coverage of T'Challa as Star Lord. So we're going to move into our next most important topic, which is the New Ravagers. This section is going to be to zone in in the Ravengers and some of the new members we had. So we have Yondu, which is familiar. We had Kraglin. Uh, we have Taserface. <laughs> and two of the big standouts for me, I'm sure there's more I may be missing, but two of the big standouts is Nebula and Thanos. Dude, what did you think about Thanos being rehabilitated into a Ravager?
1: That was a genuine shock. That was a genuine shock for me, is to see Thanos, but but also just uh, I love that they that they acknowledged, you know, it's like uh, it's genocide, you know, but it's fair,
2: <laughs> it's, efficient. <laughs> yeah, it's efficient,
1: it's fair, like like I I I loved it. Um, it it's interesting, you know, and I like the whole like well, you know, sometimes your best weapon is a good argument. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's interesting because. There's the whole, can Thanos be rational, right? like, right. Like, it. in order to win him over with a good argument, he needs to be able to be reasoned with. And, mm-hmm. and and he doesn't come across as someone who can be reasoned with. He's very myopic into this is the one thing. The mad yeah. titan. Yeah, and so in that sense, and then the play on the kind of spinoff on the Avengers Hulk moment there. Where he says, uh-huh. I'm always angry, but this time it's it's the I'm I'm not crazy, I'm mad. It was great. So good. Yeah, and so so yeah, that was that was a genuine shock. And and to hear the actual
0: Brolin voice for the character. Was okay. Great. I'm so glad you brought that up because we were talking about this and this was the moment I was like, no, hold on, hold on, let's record. And you brought up Josh Brolin and how happy you were that he was doing the voice work for this somehow I missed it whenever his name popped up in the opening credits. And I'm so thankful because that preserved the surprise of knowing that Thanos was in this episode. Um, it was something I picked up when I was doing my second and third watch, but they, they showed a lot of the names for the voice actors that were going to be it in this mm-hmm. episode. So I'm very thankful yeah. I missed that. Well, you
1: know what? Like I saw it, but I didn't. it didn't click that he would be, like I expected him to be a big bad. You right. know, like I saw the name, but I was like, okay, so we're gonna see Thanos, the big bad, you know. It's clearly Guardian of the Galaxy, there's Ronin. So and so that's what I'm thinking. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. I was still totally caught off guard to see Thanos as, as, yeah. as a Ravager.
0: Well, I mean, Thanos being talked down from his quest is seriously one of the funniest scenarios <laughs> I think the show could have given us, and it's only episode yeah. two and even though he's not the genocidal mad titan he was in the movie he him being adamant that his plan would have worked it it, it takes this devastating force down to somebody who thought they'd go pro back in the day <laughs> and that the fact that they can flip that in one episode is amazing <laughs> and something that i think just clicked for me that uh, to, cause cause I love this idea that you were talking about it being like, it's a cartoon and trying to explore how like, that's not a pejorative feeling. I I think this is something that can only work in this animated universe. Like, I don't know if we could see a, or, I know for me personally, I don't know if I could see a live action version of Thanos that's a ravager and actually a little bit more reasonable. And, and so yeah, I see what you, yeah, yeah. It just, it fits perfectly here in this animated mm-hmm. world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that there's only certain there's things that you can do in a cartoon that you can't do live action, you know. Mm-hmm. And
0: well, I mean, take for example last week. I that's what I was saying so much about Captain Carter. Animation allowed you to flex the super soldier mm-hmm. serum far more than you could oh, in live yeah. action.
1: Yeah, like here she could stop a truck and you weren't gonna have a problem with it.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. No, but I I will say to add on to that with the first episode, the whole Stark having the the Iron Suit, the what Nazi Thumper yeah. is that? Hydra, Hydra Thumper? Yeah, Hydra
0: st- Nazi Thumper. Nazi Thumper? <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, Nazi Thumper from War Machine. <laughs> that's what that's what Bucky should have been going around in. <laughs> <laughs> now fascinating tales from Hydra Stumper and Nazi Thumper that's
1: that's exactly what what they should have done and, and, and with your 1940 Stark voice too great <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so like that's, that's another thing I think that works well because it was a cartoon <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Nazi Thumper what the hell am I thinking
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it well, another one of the characters I think we can zone in on here in this moment is Nebula. And I didn't realize how much it would affect me to see Nebula not in robotic pieces like she is in the movies. Mm-hmm. To to clarify that a little bit more, like she is a character that grew on me exponentially by the time we got to in-game so seeing this alternate universe where she wasn't pulled apart and and swapped with all these robotic pieces really hammered home how violent of a life she lived in the prime mm-hmm. universe. And as nice as it was to see her a little bit in a better place here, it just made me feel like, man, like that was a lot that she went through in contrast of the yeah. movies.
1: Yeah. Well, and they gave her this kind of... Hmm. Redemption is not the right word, but that moment of catharsis, maybe where she comes mm-hmm. back and helps Thanos at the end. Yeah. And, and so they were able to add in that tension between the two of them in this moment where she comes back to help and, and it was 30 minutes and they were able to do all that. And that was, that was really cool.
0: Yeah. And and see, and that was one of my other notes, too, is like we do see that she still has that robotic piece around her eye and a slight resentment towards Thanos. So we know T'Challa talked down Thanos at some point, but we don't know to what extent his effects on her mm-hmm. is still his responsibility. And so I was I was struggling with how to phrase that in my notes, too, because it's not a redemption because... Given what we know in the Prime Universe and the unknowns of this, we don't know to what extent the relationship is. But as much as this episode is centered around family uh, and found family and being able to bridge the gaps between your past and the people in your present, it was really great work that we could see there is a road to something better between Mm -hmm. them. And I think they even do it in a not so subtle way because with that ember, I, f- I forgot what they called it, but that ember that they used to take down um, uh, Midnight and, and the other one, the giant who's escaping my uh, name at this Whose name is escaping me at this yeah, point? Yeah, it's not um, Maw. Uh,
1: there's Proxima Midnight, n- Ebony Maw. Not Cor- Corvus. And what?
0: Not Corvus, but the other one. Oh, man. Uh, the Corvus Glaive. Black Dwarf. Uh, it was Black Dwarf. The, you know the way they get away from him is with those embers, and it just immediately sprouts mm-hmm. like these giant roots, and they get away. It's a not so subtle imagery, but given T'Challa's like, you should give him a shot. He's a farmer now. There is a lot of imagery of that regrowth, and so even if it's not on a path of good, it's it's there's right. something there, and yeah. I do like that.
1: Yeah, hmm. it grew great work? Those tentacles, the same thing as what we saw in the first one? Probably not.
0: Were Wait, those what?
1: tentacles there the same thing we saw that Captain Carter fought?
0: <laughs> it's a uh, multi-dimensional Maybe. plant that just needs Maybe. to be pruned. You
1: know what? I well, I, and I say that jokingly because, like, this was a completely separate episode than from episode one, and I'm I'm imagining these are going to these characters are going to cross at some point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I, like I hope we see Thanos again in Nebula and T'Challa maybe, or is this the only episode we get to T'Challa mm-hmm. in? Like, yeah. like I, I don't know. And so it's, it's hard to tell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, and, and I, I don't honestly think that those, those vines were the same tentacles, but it, it did make me wonder like what overlap from episode
0: to episode are we going to see? Or do each one of these actually mm-hmm. really do stand on their own? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a say. Are are you fine with promotional material that's been put out? If I bring something up, or would you rather not discuss that? You can
1: discuss it. I I haven't I seen have, it, but
0: okay. So you know, you made a good point that we don't see Gamora, mm-hmm. and given the promotional material, we know that there is a Gamora centered episode plotline or something because she is in Thanos's armor. Okay, and so. You know, I, I got to imagine she's not in this episode. We know she's part of the promotional material. I do think we will see interlinking storylines. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I think I think your instinct is right. I think there will be more than just what we get. All right. So. Well, and it's, they've already
1: two seasons.
0: So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure confirmed. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, So they, they have time to slow burn this and, and set something up.
0: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see how it evolves as we move forward. Oh, yeah. All right, well, moving along, I think we can go ahead and jump into the next important topic, which is Heist at the Collectors. Uh, now, this section is going to deal with pretty much that last set piece where we have the Ravagers infiltrate the Collectors' base to steal the Ember and all the ensuing plot hooks that happen in that section. So, starting with me this time... I wanted to highlight, I like that Thanos made a comment about, um, you know, the Collector was the one to step in in the power vacuum of Thanos deciding to put down his plan. It was a very throwaway line, but in this universe, we see that the Collector's collection is far more abundant than it is in the movies. And we also see that the Black Order is now working for him. So I love that you can follow that... Alternate universe through this what if possibility. Mm-hmm. Like it feels lived in rather than it just being a throwaway yeah. line. So I like yeah. that a
1: lot. No, that's a, I really like that you put it that way. This feels lived in. Um, cause I mean, it was mm-hmm. cool to get the Black Order back. Um, it was cool yeah. to have, you know, the original voices with that mm-hmm. because you know who they are. You like, you know what they're about, you know. Um, mm-hmm. it, it It was interesting. I'm glad we got to see The Collector. I think overall, did Benicio Del Toro get more lines and stuff to do in this one episode than
0: he did in the movies? He might have. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's so funny you say that because one of the notes that I wrote down is like, I don't think I know what Benicio Del Toro sounds like because before we even recorded this episode, I told you... I I was convinced that the collector got recast in Infinity War because like that that it didn't feel like the same character from the Guardians Mm -hmm. movies. And then watching this one, I was like, oh man, I guess they recasted him again. And nope, it was the same voice actor. So for whatever reason, like I cannot ping Benicio Del Toro.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm with you. If you would not have told me that's who it was in the in the credits, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought that that they brought him back. Yeah. So, hmm. Yeah. So he probably had more work in this episode than he did in Guardians and Infinity War combined.
0: Definitely. And and it makes sense. He got a huge power buff because he was ripped in this. Universe. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a
1: power vacuum. We gotta fill it.
0: <laughs> oh man. I I will say this though. The collector has to be the biggest fan of the MCU because, like, all his weapons were <laughs> weapons from villains in every movie. <laughs> you know, so somehow he's he's got the ability to watch the prime time. So, so what
1: do you think of seeing
0: the collector having Cap Shield? I have my like, oh man, I hated it answer, and then also like, are we seeing the shield a lot? Like and it pop up. Like, are we gonna? Is it too familiar now? Does that make sense? Is it no longer sacred? Is what you're saying? <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, maybe I don't know. It 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 feels like a well they keep going yeah. back to, and I don't want it to lose that presence.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. And I mean, they had you know Thor's hammer. Um, it. Yeah. I don't remember seeing anything from Iron Man up there, like a glove or a helmet.
0: Yeah, I didn't you see know, anything either. So.
1: Um having Hella's helmet, cow antlers, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I I'm very <laughs> excited for our
0: Ragnarok review now. <laughs>
1: um like that was a nice touch. I really liked that. Kind of mimic the motion before we started throwing the the swords and the blades there. But yeah, like those two stood out. And I don't know if I'm with you of like it's just getting overexposed. Or mm-hmm. they didn't have enough stuff. Hmm. I have to think about that. Because yeah. like, and, and, he, he was using Drax's and, and, blade, right? When he first attacked?
0: I believe that was the Dark, Dark Elves
1: blade. blade. So like it would have been cool. Like, yes. I would have loved to have seen him use, instead of Captain America's shield, the, the, the shield slash gauntlet he had in Infinity War that Wakanda gave him. Like, yeah. That would have been
0: really cool. That would have been really cool. And I want to clarify real quick because I already know I'm taking some heat from the Falcon and Winter Soldier run where I talked about the truck and all that. Like everything in that series regarding the shield is fine. I'm talking more like we've seen the shield in the Eternal trailer. We've seen the shield in Shang-Chi. And I'm just I'm starting to feel like it's this well they keep going back to. So it has nothing to do with things that have already taken place. I just don't want the shield to lose. Well, that it's, it's
1: the fabric that holds the universe together.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's why you see it pop Holds up. my the universe, universe together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. It's the one constant among well, the strings. Hey. Okay,
0: <laughs> It's the choice I make in every <laughs> universe. <laughs> well, while I'm being a fuddy-duddy, I have one quick comment to say. I, I feel like I've been talking a lot, but I have one quick comment to say. I have an irrational hatred of Howard the Duck. And I'm so happy that he was in inconsequential to the story. Really? I remember
1: watching the really bad eighties movie in the eighties, uh-huh, and being young and dumb enough to not understand what I was watching to enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I'm hearing is at some point we have to do a review on how Oh, time.
1: I don't know if we can put ourselves through that <laughs> Oh man, that movie was bad, but I was young and dumb yeah. and like, I enjoyed it. Cause I was just, you know, it's one of those things you watch a movie and you're young and you don't realize how dumb it was. Um, uh-huh. yeah. So in that sense, I have that soft spot to like Howard the duck and I was okay with it. Yeah. I mean, why don't we like Howard the duck? Right. I mean, we're fine with Donald the duck and Daffy duck. What's wrong with
0: <laughs> Howard the duck? You know, it's so funny you went that direction because I was, I was legitimately thinking about it all day today. Like, all right, I know I'm going to bring this up, work through your feelings. Why do you feel this way? You're fine with Groot. You're fine with Loki alligator. You're fine with rocket raccoon. What is it about a talking duck that just makes you mad? And I have no answers. Just just
1: saying. (sighs) You're right. I I know. I know. Bugs the bunny. (laughs) <laughs> Although Bugs <both> the <laughs> Bunny and Daffy the Duck are, are Warner Brothers. So, yeah, that's you know, DC. Mickey the Mouse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the mouse has me. Hmm.
1: Caught in the mousetrap. So, you know what? What I did find interesting about this whole sequence, and I didn't catch it in the first watch, was when T'Challa found the Wakandan ship. Yeah. And this whole thing about I don't know why, but in my first watch, I missed the whole Wakanda was destroyed, mm-hmm. you know? And so it it definitely hit me differently in that second watch when he found it. And so in the first watch, it was kind of like, oh, you found it as part of the collector's collection and you have these memories of home that you left. and And that was kind of the way I was reading it. And it wasn't a realization of like, you've been lied to. Yeah.
0: It's, I know for me, it definitely hit harder the first time. Like it finally clicked, but I, I like, I, I guess cause I like that line so much where Nebula was like, so your home got destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so you protect everybody else's home. That's the name of this tune. Right. And like, so I like that flippant diagnosis of the thing that makes this T'Challa tick. And so even though it, it registered that first watch, I'm there with you that it really hit hard on that second one, especially after you have that confrontation between T'Challa and Yondu. And, and And even if it didn't click in that moment, it clearly clicks where they meet. And I'm amazed that... This episode despite handling the pacing better it is still moving at a breakneck speed and so that's just I think very good writing that they're able to hit these story beats and have it hit um you know first or even second watch through Right
1: Oh yeah Yeah you know and because you know it it's like you said it's there's a lot packed into this episode you have a heist you have mm-hmm you know, setting up the characters and setting up the choice. You have um, playing into you know, and spinning on our head expectations of characters. They actually did in some ways, I think a lot more with this episode than they did the first episode.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: You know, and and then so at the end, you know, because like I said, it it was just that quick line from Nebula that I just missed. Mm-hmm. And didn't catch it on the first watch that, you know, that whole economical and being efficient and, and, and your storytelling. So in, in mm-hmm. that sense, that was really, really well done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to continue playing in this space, uh, there's a moment where Nebula states that, oh, T'Challa's keeping his escape plan close to his chest. And then we cut to... T'Challa being captured by the collector, and he's pulling off his Wakanda necklace to break out of the gla- the glass.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm still feeling out my thoughts here, but I think I think we can agree this episode is definitely centered around family. And so uh, I highlighted the line with Nebula saying, "Oh, this is the the tune of your song." Uh, T'Challa has been operating under this assumption that he has no home to return to, and so that's why he reaches out to save other people instead. So after discovering that his home is still around, that's when he embraces that Wakanda heritage in him by literally using that necklace to escape and then pilot the ship later.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you have that moment where he's reaching towards his past and then Yandu and T'Challa engage with the Collector and T'Challa is able to set aside his differences to work together to take on this threat. And so it's this melding of his past family with his new family and... I think that speaks to the volume of T'Challa's character. And so I I like the work they're doing. it's all, again, breakneck speed, a lot of subtlety, but it it works really well for me.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's a very similar ending to um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. You know, it's like, who is my family? And does it have to be hereditary versus not? And families have issues and we work through them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so like it, it was interesting that they were able to tie the message of Guardians 2 with
0: the first Guardians. Yeah. And it's its consistent with Yondu too, because even in this universe and the last, he sees a potential for better in both T'Challa in this one and Peter in the other one. And he wants the best for them even when he can't hope to see it in himself yeah and so he can't be vulnerable but through them he learns to be and again it's like you said it's continuing those themes of guardians of the galaxy too
2: Mm -hmm.
0: well unless there's any more about the heist at the collectors i think we can go ahead and move into the last important topic which is family reunion now, this has everything to do with those final scenes where Yandu and T'Challa are discussing T'Challa's future on the ship, and then eventually when they arrive at home in Wakanda. So, what did you think about these last few scenes?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, I, okay, it makes me, I wonder two things. A, I wonder what point they were done with the production in relation mm-hmm. to Chadwick Boseman's death. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do wonder if that had any impact on how they ended this episode, Yeah, you know, and, and having this homecoming, bringing them back to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So like, like that definitely crossed my mind. And it, it, it's interesting that at the end of black Panther, he's like, we're going to open up Wakanda to the world where he, and here he's gone and experienced not just the world worlds and mm-hmm. being able to take that experience back to Wakanda.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a, it's almost an inverse because Wakanda is about the being isolated from the world and slowly opening up to expose your influences on the world where as you stated this was T'Challa going back and bring the influences of the world back to his home. Mm-hmm. So it's a very beautiful inverse between the two movie and show. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that hit me the hardest in this, the weight of the reality of Chadwick Boseman and the story that they were telling is I think Yandu's speech to T'Challa about belonging anywhere in the universe is what hit me the hardest. Mm -hmm. Just because T'Challa is this person who's torn between two worlds and he's equipped only with the compass of wanting to do good and because of that, it makes Yandu's comment hit that much more harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just—it's—it's it's a beautiful episode for a, a beautiful character played by a remarkable person like Bozeman. And it's, yeah, I—I I, I don't know how to quite articulate it like you did. It does make me wonder how much the influence of his passing played into this episode, um, because it is—it is. It is oddly fitting how well it, it it fit for the stories that have been told about pose. Yes. Yes. And it was good. It was, I think I mentioned the pre-spoiler thoughts. It's bittersweet. It's, it was, I got a little teary uh, watching them all interact together where you had uh, Thanos and Okoye discussing Thanos's plan had just so many of the ravagers interacting with the Wakandans. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was too, completely different worlds that had very little interaction brought together by one person. Yeah. Which was nice.
1: Yeah. It it was it was super like he did what he wanted to do in the end.
0: Yeah. Well
1: it well we mentioned it with the you mentioned it with the other episode. Like the there's a choice that changes, but the people themselves are, are who they are.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a great episode. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Like I was giddy Long after that initial watch, mm-hmm. yeah. This is, there was a bit of a, a short section in our most important topics, but it just it felt like the most appropriate place to discuss yeah. this effect that Chadwick Boseman had on the episode. Yeah. But I think that's going to leave us with our stray thoughts. So, Jude, do you have any stray thoughts?
1: Uh, okay. So the biggest stray thought I had was I just really enjoyed the Dora Milaje music, that, that chirping yeah. come up. And I read somewhere where that was like uh, a mistake, like that for Dora <laughs> Milaje is like, no, 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 that's not a mistake. That's no, <laughs> like, like I, that was completely intentional. Y- you know, it, it made complete sense that that would be what shows up. And then I, I really enjoyed that.
0: hmm so, the ship of it like was never planned. It was a mistake.
1: No, 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 no. like like somebody were talking like like that was a goof on the creators parts. They used the wrong
0: musical oh, key. and the,
1: like they used the wrong musical I, cue. and I was like, no, uh-huh. that I don't think that was a goof,
0: uh-huh, yeah, I mean, I got chills when I heard it. like I knew this focused on T'Challa, but hearing that, like that theme has power behind it, and it's it's wild how how strong well, it well,
1: and is. it's so recognizable,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no,
1: I don't think it was a goof is what this site mentioned it as.
0: Hmm. Uh, so what about you, your stray thoughts? So, you know, I mentioned it earlier when I was doing my grains of sand work, but I, I wanted to highlight it here in the stray thoughts. Uh, absolutely adore the way this episode inserted the watcher. Uh, so, for example, you had the opening shot of him pondering in the sky only to be disrupted by the footstep of water by T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Then you had another one where he was watching in the distance as T'Challa and Yandu fly off to meet the Ravengers, which is really nice. And then finally, you had it again where he was watching a young T'Challa pick up the spear after he had escaped the boundary. Mm-hmm. And so that's all those shots is what helps make me gravitate towards a personality for the watcher and made it feel like he was a lot more inquisitive than he was in the first one so that was really nice oh yeah i do want to say i'm sure the budget wasn't there for music drops in this episode but that scene where t'challa and the ravagers are coming down the stairs at the club really felt like it harkened to the guardians without having to do a music drop so i like that a yeah. lot yeah yeah This one, uh, this could definitely be one of those, the curtains are blue, but I wanted to highlight it because I thought it was beautiful. Uh, I love the shot where T'Challa goes to Yondu to convince him to run the mission. Uh, you can see... That Yandu is standing with the light coming through the ship to his back and T'Challa stepping into it. Uh, Yandu was the one to present T'Challa with the opportunity to spread his light across the universe. And in this moment of hesitation, it is T'Challa who is stepping into the light to oh, nice. convince Yandu to go on this. And so I thought that was very economical and beautiful. Yeah,
1: that's really nice.
0: Yeah. Another stray thought. The collector says, "Hacked it off a carcass of a terribly chatty Cronin." So rest in peace, Korg. Unfortunately, <laughs> and finally, my last ray thought: love that the collector in this universe suffers a very similar fate to his brother of the Grand Master in ours. Yes. <laughs> so that was that. Was oh, do nice. we know oh, is one the Grand more.
1: Master coming back?
0: Do we see I them don't interact? Know. That would be amazing because we didn't, it's weird that they would specifically state their brothers and not have them yeah. interact in the MCU. Well, I mean,
1: they are brothers, but at this point you got to have them interact.
0: Yeah. Hey, Jeff Goldblum is, he's in line with Disney Plus. He had his own TV he show did. there. So i am imagine he'd come back for he's this. Like, go
1: Jeff Goldblum tours the world, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I was going to say one more one more stray thought. You know, we talked about the Thanos becoming the person who thought he could have gone pro back in the day. <laughs> I like that this is all a tongue-in-cheek, like, prodding at the Thanos-did-nothing-wrong crowd. <laughs> so I'm glad that they
1: got that little jab there. It was genocide. So, it was genocide.
0: <laughs> it was efficient. But
1: if you stop and think about it, that was, no, it was genocide. <laughs>
0: oh, man well yeah that uh that's gonna do it for my straight thoughts so nice well hey we want to know what you thought of the episode whether it be the what if episode or our podcast and you can reach us at mc you need to know on twitter and instagram for any comments or thoughts that you have as well as extra bonuses that we've been putting up on our social media so if you enjoy this show and you want a little bit more of it, you can find extra audio clips over there. So make sure you're following us. And of course, if you want to join a richer conversation, you can always join us in the Discord with a bunch of other excited people for the MCU with a link to our Discord in the show notes.
1: And if you'd be so kind to give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts or review on whichever podcast catcher you use, the feedback, always welcome, a big help to our show. And, you know, of course, you're listening and you like what you hear. Share that joy with a friend. It's the best thing you can do with us.
0: Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Cool, thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. Yeah. Well, like we you said- that I should in my Yeti? That's for
1: friend Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, my God. All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. You, you want to get another one in just to have, to have fun? This is for you, friend Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Jude. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. But yeah god that felt bad (laughs) why is it so (laughs) hard we're trying
1: remember we're trying to get into the spoilers
0: yeah okay okay okay